Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag NBA. I mean, at this point, both teams know each other. You know, you know the sets. They can call out our plays. We can call out our plays. It's about execution. You know what I mean? So down the stretch, you know, we got to box out. I got to box out. Um, we got to execute. You know, we're a team that's closed out games like that all season long. So this is a tough one, but we got to bounce back. That's why we fought all season to get home court. There's Chris Paul. That's why they fought all season. They've got two of the last three at home. NBA Finals picking back up tomorrow night in Phoenix with the series tied 2-2. You got more confidence in Milwaukee now than you had? Enough to say they're the favorite now? Or you still think Phoenix with home court's a favorite? I go Phoenix maybe like 52-47. And then 1% the series never ends? I, I think, you know, the 1%, you just have to throw it out there. No, I was hoping 52 and 47 added up to 100. I think you know it didn't. Uh, I wasn't sure, you know. What do I have to go for? 48, I guess. Uh, but I'm going to the game. It's going to be big. You're going to the game? For real? Or are you just making stuff up? In spirit. Okay, there no, it is. No, I don't have your kind of cash. Get out of town. <laughs> Turn it into an attack. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if miss, facts are attacks. I'll miss that one day. Then what can I say, Jax? <laughs> oh, <laughs> rhyme it. <laughs> Keep going. The Maya Angelou of Sports has joined us now. Patrick Kinahan. Poet Laureate. <laughs> yeah, they know each other's plays. Four down! Four down! <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. That was old school. Any jazz fan who watched jazz basketball knows four down. It's the only play I could think of. Four down. Power! Power! That was a good one, too. <laughs> so, I'm interested in the series for sure. Yeah, see what's going to happen here. Excited to see. Sun's got a grand opportunity, but they've had grand opportunities in the past. Chris Paul's got all sorts of legacy on the line. Man, there's no more pressure on anybody in this entire series than Chris Paul, especially after he fell when they were only down two. Two points, I mean, final minute. Had a chance got, to tie it with 35 well, seconds. Booker's three-point shooter. Bridges can make a yeah, three. Yeah, could have taken the lead. Jay Crowder, you never know with him, man. He'll either <laughs> drill one or set up a fast break for the other team. Uh, so, uh, and he fell, he fell. I mean, that's just awful. He fell down. I mean, come on. He didn't get a shot. And not only that, by falling down, that get that basically was the game because then that gave a three-on-one for the Bucks. Yep. So if you would have, like, dribbled out of bounds or something, your defense would have been able to set up. But at that point, there was no defense to be had. So you fell, you lost a chance to tie or take the lead, and you gave the game away because then that made it a two-possession game. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on this guy who is a Hall of Famer, obviously. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Washington Wizards guard Bradley Beal will miss the Tokyo Olympics after he entered health and safety protocols in Las Vegas. Pistons forward Jeremy Grant is also in the protocol, but head coach Greg Popovich expressed optimism that Grant would be able to remain with the team. They're toast now. USA Basketball is attempting to find a replacement player for Beal to join the squad. You don't need to attempt. You can find one, but... This is going to be very, very difficult. I mean, there's too much going on now. I mean, they got 
three guys you say they're going to join them a day before. That was difficult enough. Now you got two guys doing this thing here. You got a bunch of the top level players who didn't want or decide or couldn't play because of injury or personal reasons or whatever it might be. I'm not sure all that stuff. It's well, I think it's all those things depending yeah. on which of the players you're talking about. This this is going to be the most difficult and then if they get it It'll be the best. Likely the most rewarding. It'll be the sweetest if they win it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really hard now. You look at the all NBA team, the top, or all NBA teams, the top 15 players going in. Four of them play for other countries. Then, how many of the 11 do you get? We'll have to see when they hit the court, but it looks like the number is going to be one or two. Yeah. So, they don't have the best of the best. This team isn't loaded. Well, not just that. I still think they could have done it because the other teams aren't loaded either. But, but uh, their 12-man roster, on. right now, we aren't sure if, what, as many as five guys are going to be there or when they're going to be there. Yeah, and of then the who of the Bucks or Suns, whoever loses. I was counting those be, three. Well, yeah. right, but they're going to be massively disappointed. Yeah. And you're going to ask them after Now give it. me your best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just gassed yeah. after a six- or seven-game NBA Finals. Right. Right, and one's going to be elation, and they're going to celebrate, and the other's going to be disappointment, and they're not going to celebrate. And you're still asking them to bounce back after giving their all. After getting on a plane and flying across the world. (laughs) And being jet-lagged. Right, so I'm not not sure about this. I mean, I'll watch it and pay attention for sure. But like you say, if they win, it'll be great. But the odds of them winning seem to be dropping every time you hear one of these deals. They do, yeah. I have to admit and, that now. And the game uh, that we thought we could watch and see, okay, was Argentina fluke? Are they playing better? With uh, They're playing Australia tonight, and now they're not playing Australia tonight. That's been canceled. Australia's like, yeah, you guys may have it, and we don't need this. Thanks. Well, that's no fine. I don't, I, I don't put practice games in determining anything. I, I wait to the real games. They're supposed to play Spain on Sunday, so we'll see if that happens. And then, and then it's time to fly out. Monday, everybody's taking off. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I look at everything as competition. I look at last season's production as competition. You know, so, yeah, I, I take it personal. Yeah, I take it, you know, in a, in a way that I know who I am. You know, at time, you know, at times I do for, you know, remind myself people forget who you are and what you've done. So now, you know, I'm in, I'm in a position now where, you know, I need to be my best self and, and, and it's really put up a shut up time. There's Cam Newton, put up or shut up time. Remember what he's done, but can he do it? Some of these guys, and I really think when I say some of these guys, I'm really talking about him and Ben Roethlisberger. Two big guys who seem impervious to hits, but now later in their career, having injuries breaking down, and how much of that is just no one hit, but all of them adding up. And can they be what they used to be? Roethlisberger may be closer to what he used to be, but still seems like they're trending in the same direction. Can they summon a big year? Well, anytime you're impervious, man, you know, impervious, assuming power or authority without justification, arrogant and domineering. It reminds me of you. But in this case, we're talking about are they impervious to injuries? I mean, all those hits from all those big guys should make a difference, but do they just shake it off when really they shouldn't? But do they anyway? Freaking Tom Brady played with an MCL fracture. He had a torn MCL in his left fracture. knee. Fracture. Yeah. Like it. it happened in New England. It got worse during the year in Tampa Bay. 
He's never gone surgery for it. And you're talking about impervious? I don't even know what impervious means. I had to look it up. And you're worried about a couple of injuries to these guys? And Tommy B played with a broken knee? Can't you see? The poet's back. (laughs) It's a summer. It's Friday, baby. Exactly. Let her rip, PK. You always want me to be cheerful and upbeat. And and, I'm enjoying it. And then you mock me. I'm not mocking you. I can't win. I'm, you've won for almost 20 years. I can't win. No, no, no. I am encouraging you. I want more of this. I'll let you know when I don't want more. Great. And I'm supposed to just fall in line. Because you don't want more, I can't give it to you. Like you said, I'm Yeah, well, bleep you. A judge ordered free agent cornerback Richard Sherman be released from jail without bail Thursday following his arrest on suspicion of trying to break into his in laws released from jail without bail. That makes any sense. No bail was set? You just get released? You don't have bail? I thought you get bail in these situations, no? In his case, no. In other cases, well, yes. Is that, is that good news? They wanted a $10,000 bail, but the judge refused to enforce it. But does that mean that he looked at the facts and just said, ah, I don't think it's happening I suppose that's, what? yes. Does that mean anything legally is what I'm asking? Well, is that he, better than being released with bail? Well, it's, it's one person's opinion, so I don't know how somebody else. The prosecutors haven't charged him yet, and I don't know when they look at it how they're going to look at it. Good. So I suppose from his perspective that that is good news, but I don't know that from his perspective, that's going to mean anything going forward. All right. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So NCAA President Mark Emmert said Thursday, the time is right to consider a decentralized and deregulated version of college sports, shifting power to conferences and campuses and reconsidering how schools are aligned. In a meeting with reporters, Emmer laid out a vision for the future of college sports that puts fewer limitations on athletes and de-emphasizes the role of a national governing body like the NCA. When you have an environment like that, he said, it just forces us to think more about what constraints should be put in place on college athletes and should be the bare minimum. So is Emmer now going to establish a position that lots of people said for a long time is the NCA should be there to share best practices and run championships and that's it? Uh, it sounds it, sure. Yeah. I mean, do we really need all this jurisdiction that... And so you slap school A with a penalty. Meanwhile, the rest of the 25 letters in the alphabet are doing whatever. I yeah. Mean, you're just like chasing your tail all, the, all yes. the time. Yes. So I think the only thing that really matters is two things. Don't have these massive under-the-table payments, or give grades out for kids who don't go to class. All the other stuff, does anybody really bat an eyelash at it? No, not really. And I think the thing that's looming out there is how much can they give the players without making the players employees? Because right now it it, it feels like in football and basketball they're employees. Well, they're already hired hands. Right, They've been yeah. hired hands for years. I agree. 
But they're getting something out of it too. That's the thing that I don't get is that people say you don't get it. No, if you play, lots of people play are getting right, lots of stuff. cash in. Right. Just with the scholarship, you can cash in big time. If you get a full academic scholarship to Stanford and you don't make something of yourself, that's, that's on a you. you. Problem, right? So quit saying that they're not getting anything because the, they're getting forty years of grand opportunity that the rest of us didn't get. And they're getting other things that we've listed before and could list again. And I don't care about that. So the question is, are the top players getting their market value? That's the argument that's left. And that's when people get all wild. This quarterback at whatever school that's winning that's a lot. that's been decided already. Nobody cares about that anymore. That's over. Well, that's where the under-the-table stuff is really happening. I mean, when you but hear... But not going forward, then. And and then if there's any... It'd be interesting to ask coaches that and see, is all of that stopped now? No, it's not stopped. That's what I thought. But And then if there's sexual assault or any of this other stuff that Crimes. plagues whatever, then yeah. the law gets involved. Yep. And you, and being uh, under regulations of federal government, have to report it and so, so we don't have a Penn State thing, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So that stuff, that no one wants to see any of that. But we've got the legal system to take care of that, hopefully. And so when and if that happens, that gets to be resolved the way it should be. And consequences fall where they should be also. So you got those things, and that stuff should be there. But then this other stuff, is somebody came on campus for a visit. Who gives a crap? Whatever it might be. It just it doesn't matter. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Out of the known positives, two were from J&J and one was from a double shot. So we have experienced, uh, obviously, breakthroughs on various of the vaccinations, which, again, is certainly possible. And that's not something that hasn't happened and it won't be happening in the future either. Thankfully, I can report that those players are doing well thus far. That's Yankees general manager Brian Cashman. Red Sox and Yankees were supposed to play last night. That was going to be the only game in Major League Baseball, but the game got canceled. Six New York players tested positive for COVID-19, including All-Star Aaron Judge. Of course, uh, he was in Colorado for uh, the All-Star game. Braves acquire Cubs outfielder Jock Peterson in exchange for minor league first baseman Bryce Ball. Is this it? Cubs go into sell mode here? Or it's just one deal? He's hitting 230. Nice. Not exactly a you know a difference maker for them. According to reports, Mariners left-handed pitcher Hector Santiago's ten-game suspension for having a foreign substance on his glove has been uphill upheld after an appeal. Santiago is the first and only pitcher so far to be ejected and subsequently suspended after Major League Baseball's crackdown on pitchers using sticky substances. Make an example out of him. B split a doubleheader with Tacoma, won 3-2, then lost 3-1. Same two teams play tonight again, 8 o'clock in Washington. Listen to the game right here on The Zone with Steve Klauke on the call. Hashtag RSL. RSL, after 10 days off, back in action Saturday night. They play LAFC at Bank of California Stadium, 8-30. Six games in 22 days. They come fast and furious now. LAFC at home, and or LAFC on the road, and then back home to play the Galaxy with fireworks midweek. I'm going to that game. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting bogged down in details. Yeah, I think the fireworks are Colorado on the weekend. Which game are you going to? The Galaxy game midweek? No, tomorrow. I thought you were going to Phoenix. Right. In spirit. 
You going to this in spirit too? And then no, this one. I mean, come on, they haven't played and get to see them back on the ball field. I'm excited. Reports this morning that RSL has a new deal with uh, Rubio Rubin, who came here on a one-year deal, has four goals and two assists so far. Reports are that he has signed a uh, four-year deal. I don't know. It's a cool name either way. I don't know. Jack four-year, about the two guy. million. <laughs> <laughs> but you just like the way Rubio Rubin rolls off the tongue. Uh-huh. Yeah. DJ and PK. If I can hit it down the middle of the fairway, that's great. But again, with the driver right now, the driver sucks. It's... Uh, not a good face for me, and we're still trying to figure out how to make it uh, good on the miss hits. And, uh, you know, I'm living on the razor's edge like I've told people for a long time. And, you know, when I did get it outside of the fairway, uh, like in the first cut and whatnot, I catch jumpers uh, out of there, and I couldn't control my wedges. So it's quite finicky for me because it's uh, a golf course that's, that's pretty short. And so when I hit driver up there and it doesn't necessarily go in the fairway, it's right in the first cut or whatever, or it's in, in the uh, uh, hay, it's tough for me to get it out onto the green and control that. Uh, but when it's in the middle of the fairway, like I had it on 18, I was able to hit a nice shot in there to 11 feet and almost made birdie. Golf. That's Bryson DeChambeau. His comments causing quite the stir, saying his custom-made Cobra driver sucks. So the tour operations manager for Cobra Golf, who actually caddied for Bryson at the Rocket Mortgage Classic two weeks ago, it's just really, really painful when he says something that's stupid. He has never really been happy, ever. Like, it's very rare when he's happy. And DeChambeau issued an apology via social media, calling his comments unprofessional. Well, the Cobra guy, all he's worried about is money. There it is. <laughs> so hey! Dollar sign. Stop it. Always on our find brand. everyone's agenda and everyone's motive based on money. And for those who tell you otherwise, I don't believe them. And that's why the Cobra's dude, because he's worried about sales and how it's going to affect his pocket. And good for him. I would do the same thing. And DeChambeau is already rich. So he can get away with saying, and then he realized, okay, blah, blah, blah. But now back to the golf. Colin Morikawa has finished his second round, shot a 64, and he has taken the lead at nine under. 67 in round one, 64 in round two. The 2020 PGA champion looking at a second major title. He's got a three-shot lead right now over four golfers, including the first-round leader, Louis Usaizen hasn't teed off in his second round yet. He'll tee off in about a half hour. Yep. Jordan Spieth uh, will tee off well, momentarily, right? In about five minutes. Six minutes. Yeah. Fino had a 66. Tony Finau followed his 70 with a 66. He is four under. He is five shots off the pace, tied for eighth right now. And some of the other names, uh, well, they're spread all over the place. This is like the longest day of golf. Well, these four days, I guess, are the longest days of golf. Rory McIlroy has just uh, teed off, and he's gotten a birdie, and so we'll see where he goes. Actually, he's pretty far into his round, so he's one under for the day. There's the golf. We will get an update from Bob Casper at 8.30 on the second round of the Open Championship. Bronson Kafusi, Green Bay Packers tight end, is going to join us coming up at 7.30, and David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, that is what is trending. It is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Stay with us. Bronson Kafusi of the Packers coming up next. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. 
I never thought Notre Dame would ever play the home game it owes BYU. Be a reason. They're Notre Dame. They don't really have to. But they why'd they sign the contract in the first place? They're supposed to hold up your end of the deal. <laughs> One time I went to Ocean City with a bunch of my friends. A bunch of people were walking by. And we got to change into our beach gear. And so a couple of the guys were holding towels up. All of a sudden, one of them dropped the towel. You're not holding up your end of the deal here. We held up the towel for you. Now Notre Dame is dropping the towel. And there BYU sits naked as can be. Oh, that was a long way to go to get there. It was. I oh, admit, that was pretty long lame. Way to go. But the point is, Notre Dame <laughs> should live up to that deal. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision loves teachers. If you're a teacher who needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants to give back. Schedule a free consultation appointment and inquire about additional savings to their summer sale price. Call them today at 801-253-3080 or check them out at davisvisionmd.com. Bronson Kafusi, Green Bay Packer tight end, former BYU Cougar, is going to join us here momentarily. We'll hear from him. Former Cougar who's played for the Ravens and the Jets, and now the Packers are uh, turning him into a tight end. He's a defensive lineman along the way. So Will he catch passes from Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers? That is the question in Wisconsin. That and will the Bucks win the NBA title? You got a gut feeling? The legendary PK gut feeling? Aaron Rodgers is being really quiet. Yeah, it seems like he's uh, drawing a line in the sand here to uh, force something. I don't know what. I mean, normally in these situations, uh, you're dictating where you're going, not just that you're going, but where you're going. I mean, there's not that many of these situations that come around. No, there aren't. And the most recent one, although it seems to have been smoothed over, at least for now, is Russell Wilson. And we heard the reports, well, they've, they've given the team four teams he's willing to go to. So, like you say, dictate where you're going to go. Yeah, he's much younger. I was thinking along the lines of Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. It was you know pretty well set up. Well, that was a, a, a more amicable departure because they had Andrew Luck coming in with the number one pick and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so different circumstances, but the premise of the star leaving later in his uh, NFL life is similar. So, man, I, I just don't know what they're going to do there. I mean, it's, something's got to come to a head here shortly. We've been hearing about it for weeks and months. Rodgers is cryptic whenever he gets nailed down, which hasn't been very often. So, all right, it's time to bring in Bronson Kafusi, Green Bay Packer tight end. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Bronson, good morning. Good morning. How's it going, guys? It's going well. I can't believe I'm introducing you as a tight end. I've been used to as a defensive lineman. How, how, big, <laughs> a, uh, how big a jump was that for you mentally, and, and how easy was it for you to make? You know... It was definitely a jump, but it's a it's a really it's a natural fit. A lot of people don't know that I was actually recruited as a tight end to BYU, 
uh, initially. Um, but in high school, I played defensive end because at Timothy, we didn't use a tight end. So I'd go to all the Nike football camps, Under Armour camps, and go play tight end and get offered like that. <laughs> and then come back to Utah and play defensive end in high school. So it's been, it's been a nice, it's been a, it's been a nice transition for me. So you were taken by Baltimore coming out of college. Now this is sort of like a, the draft again in a sense that an undrafted free agent and you can choose. How did the process work for you ending up choosing the Packers and them choosing you? Yeah. So so after so while that after I was at the Jets playing at the tight end, you know, really just working on my craft, making that transition, and then after I left, uh, or after the 2020 season, then the Packers called and they said, "Hey, we'd love to, we'd love to have you join us." And I said, "Great, let's do it." Um, and so yeah, it's been great. It's been great so far. I'm excited to get back out there during training camp and get after it. So, what's the single biggest thing you have to change? You know, what I found the biggest, the biggest thing. Oh, I say two things. Number one is the the mental game. Uh, offense is such a different different game than defense. I would say so. You have to, you really have to, you know, think a lot more before the ball is even snapped. Um, and then I would say physically, you have to change a lot because uh, as a tight end, you you have different movements. So, you know, the D end, you're always, you know, exploding forward, everything's forward as a tight end, you have to be able to move in all directions. And so being able to, you know, change your, for me, change my, change my hips, change, um, you know, how I operate in that sense. I think that was one of the main things I've been focusing on. So what's the competition look like at tight end for the Packers? So right now, um, it's awesome. They they love using their tight ends, and so uh, you know we have you know, fullback type tight ends. We have tight ends that do a lot more receiving, and then we have tight ends that do a lot of the blocking. And so uh, I'll be in that position, and I'm grateful because I'll be able to learn from uh, Mercedes Lewis, who's there. He's going in, I think, like 16 years or 17 years now. Um, but he's, he'll be he's been great. He's been like a really great mentor for me. So I'm excited to keep learning from him. So the game's evolving over time, and certainly there are exciting, thrilling tight ends who get down the field and make big plays, but there are also tight ends who are really like a, a bonus tackle. So when they mm-hmm. work with you, how much do, are they, do they, is the emphasis split evenly between those things? Is it uh, more one way or the other, more blocking or more uh, receiving? Yeah, I felt like it's split pretty evenly. I felt like we practice, we practice everything, but uh, I think that's one thing, though, that really sets uh, you know, guys like Mercedes and myself apart is, you know, we can play, we can, we can go one-on-one with the, with the pass rusher on the edge. And I think, you know, they'll definitely, um, use, use that strength to our advantage. So, uh, but you still, I mean, yeah, you're, you can always go out and run routes and catch the ball. So I felt like we've done a lot of, a, a lot of both. So have you perfected or worked on any form of touchdown celebration when you catch one? <laughs> oh, man. You know, everyone will tell you I'm not the best dancer, but I got something <laughs> cooked, cooked up, though. I got, I got something cooked up. Well, any, like, you got to have some kind of Polynesian dance in your back pocket, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a, I got a few of them. They'll be ready. They'll be ready. <laughs> okay, but wait a minute. Though. You're a packer. <laughs> 
So you've got to have the dance ready in case you're on the road. But if you're at home, you can't pass on a Lambo <laughs> leap. Got to go jump up there. Yeah, you, you have to. That's a, that, that'll definitely be a must. <laughs> yeah, but at like 6'6", 270. He's what, what, an athlete. What, what, what kind of hops do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get up there, you know? <laughs> totally. I'll be good, though. I'm wondering, have you got to know Jordan Love at all? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I love Jordan. He's awesome. Uh, you know, we definitely uh, connected. And um, just him being at Utah State, I feel like anyone in the – in the NFL, that is from a Utah team, you definitely always gravitate to just because you're from a similar area. Sure. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I got to know Jordan really well during uh, OTAs. So how much were you able to follow BYU's season a year ago, and uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely followed it. I was, you know, I was excited, and man, that was, that was a great, great year. I was, I was just glad that they were able to play all the games that they played, and, and you know, glad that they won a lot, and and when you win, you know, good things happen. And so it helps, it helps everyone. So I thought it was, I thought it was great. You see any similarities in terms of the attention that being a Packer gets as far as being a Cougar in Provo gets because, you know, smaller places and all sorts of interest and passion between the two teams and the cities that they're in. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I would, I would say, yeah, definitely. You know, you, you, uh, you definitely get a lot of uh, attention. Everyone really knows who you are. You know, you can't really go anywhere without someone knowing. Oh yeah, that's a football player. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but with that, you know, yeah, it's, it's great. The fans are awesome. Just like, just like here, the people are great in that community. Just like here, and um, they they love they love you know they love the game. They love supporting the team. They love their players. You know, they. Uh, automatically you're automatically in the fold as soon as you as soon as you show up so very similar to uh byu here here in provo yeah bronson kafusi joining us former byu cougar made the switch from the d-line to tight end for the packers now after byu you're with the ravens then the jets now the packers obviously zach wilson is going to the jets and it's a different deal because he's number two pick in the draft and a quarterback but what would you tell him about the jets and new york yeah, I would tell them uh, just to thrive, you know, really, really just enjoy the moment. You know, I mean, it's a great opportunity uh, for him. And, uh, you know, the, over there, the great, they're just great people. And, and I hope that they, they win a lot of games, you know. So you're involved uh, with the uh, NIL for the colleges. And, and I understand your brother's got something going on, uh, uh, Devin, at the U. Uh, yeah, so, well, actually, I just launched a new tech startup called Connect NIL, and it it connects businesses to college athletes. So it's really it's really an awesome thing. It makes it really easy for the athletes and businesses to connect. Um, just because I built it, just because, you know, I saw players and athletes in college, um, you know, do school, do their sport, and then go work a job or two. And so I, bu- I built it so... You know, they don't have to, uh, or they can take advantage of the NIL opportunities. So it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing that I just launched. And yeah, my brother Devin joined on. He got a first deal done with Jam Skateboards. So I'm just continually, uh, you know, adding more companies and adding more 
adding more athletes to it so they can they can all benefit. So is this something that's centralized here in Utah or does it go beyond? It, it it'll right now I'm it's starting here in Utah, but it's definitely going to be going out and beyond, <laughs> and it'll be going fast. <laughs> okay. So do you view this as mostly a, a digital thing for people who are really involved with social media? Do you think this is more about appearances, uh, you know, brick-and-mortar stores and, and staying close to campus? Uh, wh- where do you see the most opportunity? You know, for me, I feel like the most opportunity are the, the businesses that surround the different schools um, just because, you know, a, you know the restaurants – you know they can get on there and they can create a uh, they can create a, a job opportunity and say hey we're going to have uh, the the BYU offensive line come and eat on Friday night and then they show up and you know and they can structure the deal how they how they want and so I think it'll, it'll be such a huge opportunity for the, the local businesses honestly and also you know the 98 percent of athletes that don't get these massive deals this will be a great opportunity because we're helping them use their a name, image, and likeness with the fact that they're members of uh, a college, you know, a college athletic team, and then they can, uh, you know, go and take advantage of that. So that's interesting that you say the 98%, meaning you're acknowledging that obviously most of the uh, players, men, women, won't receive these big type deals. But you do believe, though, and get your thought on this, that there is limited, however that might be, depending on where you are and what position you play, what type of personality you have, that those other, that 2%, as you say it, could cash in to what level? Yeah, so I feel like both, both, both the 2% and the 98% will be able to use Connect NIL um, to their advantage and be able to, and it's honestly, it's a win-win for the businesses as well. Um, because you, you get a, they get a deal and you get a deal and we're just kind of the, the middleman there for them. Um, but I think both will be able to use it just because it's an easy, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, such an easy thing to, to sign up and apply for a job opportunity that a local business, uh, has listed there. So I think both will be able to, and it depends, uh, how many deals that a college athlete wants to do. I think that's one reason why I built it the way that it's built is so that college athletes, they can go out there and hustle for themselves. So I think that's, that's one of the main reasons why it's built the way it is. So if I'm right, you're 30 now, right, Bronson? Just turned 30. <laughs> so when you're talking to these uh, college students, do they feel like peers or now a 20 year old seems like they're 50 years younger than you? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I just, for me personally, I, I kind of, I just know, you know, where they're coming from. And I was, I was, I was one of those college athletes where I was strictly focused on, uh, you know, sports in school. I didn't understand how the, you know, kind of like the business world works around me. And so now that I've, you know, I own, some companies been in the NFL now. Uh, I'm, and I'm, you know, just I, with the little experience that I do have, I use it so I can help other college uh, athletes. And so that's why, you know, when NIL, when, the, when it pretty much went off, a lot of the college athletes started calling me, asking me for help. And so that's, from there, it led to, led to connect NIL. So 
uh, I, I do feel like it's almost like a responsibility for me, almost like an older brother, to help to help these college athletes in this transition. And so that's why I'm excited for them so that they can uh, take advantage of it and use Connect IL to do it. So this idea of this business that you're starting is how much of it is you looking at yourself saying, hey, I'm 30, and the lifespan of an NFL player, as we know, isn't very long. We hear of these, whoever it might be, the Peyton Mannings and the John Elways of the world. Well, they're the exception. So how much of it is that you understanding here that you're going to have another 30-plus years without football, so you got to do something? <laughs> See, yeah, and that's a, that's a big thing. <laughs> Glad you brought that up. That's a big thing that I try to, uh, you know, help other athletes see is it's okay to do things off the field, off the court that will help you further in your life. And I started, I started doing a lot of off the field, uh, businesses and ventures. I'd say about three years ago, it really, it really hit me. I was like, Oh man, I can do, <laughs> I, I can actually do a lot more than just play sports. And, and so I just jumped right into it and, uh, had a lot of fun doing it. And I feel like athletes should always be doing doing things that can you know set them up for life after after the game. Bronson Kafusi, Green Bay Packers tight end, joining us. So, what are you doing with the off seasons to launch this? Are you purely on this? You got all the eggs in one basket, or are you juggling other stuff too? Looking forward. Uh, did you say what am I uh, focusing on outside of? Yeah, I was wondering if you if the NIL was everything you were doing or if you were juggling multiple things with your downtime in the off season. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, I I do a lot. Uh my brothers and I open a company called Survival Zone, um, where you can enter to enter a free chance to win like a UTV or truck and um you can buy different survival gear on there and each dollar is an entry. And so, I, yeah, we I do that. I'm into cryptocurrency. I love real estate. Um, I uh, I mentor a lot of uh, a lot of athletes. Um, I, I let's see. I'm expecting a baby girl coming in September too, so that's good. Uh, so now I have two kids. So yeah, I'm doing a lot. <laughs> I'm uh, but I'm also training training every day because that's the that's the main thing. So keeping the main thing the main thing. Training, studying. Um, getting ready for training camp. So uh, you got kids? Are they already getting recruited? Your your wife played <laughs> college sports too, right? Soccer player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funniest. I think the funniest story. Yeah, she played. So Hillary played uh, goalie. She's about. She's really tall too. About six one. And I remember when my son was born. <laughs> I remember I came home or uh, came back from OTAs. Now, and that day, I remember uh, Coach Pope calling me and saying, hey, because he, he coached me when I was in college at BYU, like my position coach. And he was like, hey, just so you know, I'm his first offer. I was like, all right, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tyka, my, my son's name is Tyka, so he's a, he'll, be, he'll be a little athlete. I'm excited to watch him. Uh, he's a Kafusi, so that's a given, I, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> Bronson, we appreciate a few minutes. It was good catching up, and uh, good luck with the Packers. Hey, thank you. No, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Bronson Kafusi, Green Bay Packers, tight end right there. 30 now, making the change from defensive end to tight end, launching a few businesses. Life moves on, PK. It do. Having kids, <laughs> turning 30. The big 3-0.
Yeah, and you're looking at his Wikipedia page. Why didn't you? Why'd you ask him if his wife played soccer? You knew darn well she did. Don't trust everything on Wikipedia. <laughs> I haven't I, looked right I, at a computer I screen and see, made a massive I screw up see since you looking at yesterday. the computer there. So I know you're doing yeah. it. <laughs> All right, coming up, Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, is going to join us at 8:30. An update on the Open Championship. Guys are going low today again. David Locke. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz on the Jazz offseason and the NBA Finals. And coming up next, the question of the morning. PK. What? Why so much negativity? Why do people hate on the NBA? Got a long list of answers, and we'll get to that next. Stay with us. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the... The best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK reminding you, the 60 and 60 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the 60 in 60, presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on the Zone Sports Network. Question of the morning. Why do people hate on the NBA? A lot of hatred, huh? Tons of it. Dave, comma, it's because the NBA decided to rub politics in our faces. Sports used to be an escape from that and all the stress of life. Now, we can't escape anymore. What's interesting, though, is the NBA didn't do any of that this season. Which I find, I don't know what the word is, puzzling. I mean, you went so strong on it last summer, Mm -hmm. and then nothing this year? Now, individual NBA players may have continued it. But when you say the NBA, I differentiate between the NBA and the individual player. Whereas last year in Orlando, it was an NBA decision, right? The league put it out there without question. And unless I'm missing it, which wouldn't be the first time, the league this year backed off of it. I didn't really see. I think that's largely yeah. true, uh, and I can't speak to, you know, we don't see everything all the time, but there was a lot less of it. The taking of a knee during the anthem, the linking arms, uh, Black Lives Matters, uh, warm-up Signs shirts. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think there was less of it this year. And Which I found puzzling. You went so strong last year. Well, what's the difference this year? But nevertheless, they did what they did. And individual players still the, say, say what yeah. they say or put what they put on social media. And I don't know how the league can control the players. I don't think they're trying to. 
I think they've kind of made a point of everybody's got freedom of speech, and that goes yeah. back really to Daryl Morey and freedom Taiwan of speech, and China. But I, I don't know how much you have freedom of speech on the job. That is an excellent point because it's yeah. uh, you know it depends on the job and your sur- supervisor and you and your status. Well, no, yeah, status is one hundred percent. LeBron can say whatever he wants. Right. The fifteenth guy in the roster, easy over there. Right. So Kerr and Popovich can do whatever they want. Right. Uh, but coach who hasn't been to the playoffs in three years, probably out of zip it. Yeah. 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 And if somebody should uh, donate 500 bucks to some candidate who doesn't fit their line of thinking, then it blows up and it's a big story. Uh, What the crap. And the intent of the story was to embarrass. You can say what you want, but that was the intent of the story. Paul says, like everyone else has said, the NBA has become a platform for politics. Pretty soon it'll affect the college sports, like the issue with paying the college athletes for their endorsements. So politics is the big deal here. We're two for two on that. Oh, there's some other ones. Randy, the NBA has become the nickelback of professional sports. What does that mean? <clears throat> nickelback gets mocked a lot for being just a lightweight band. Or I guess it used to get mocked a lot. I don't know if it still does. Oh, it does. It still does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, what does a lightweight, this is a lightweight league? What, what, I guess. I don't yeah. understand that. Randy doesn't explain anymore. That's all Randy chose to share. Well, Randy. John says, too much show, not enough sport. Too much offense, not enough defense. Too much home advantage provided by refs. Too many games, too elitist, too expensive. First time I saw fireworks in the Delta Center, I was done. Really? I'll take baseball <laughs> or college football any day over the NBA. So fireworks did it for you, huh? Over the past 50 years, it has little by little been perverted into nonsense. It's perverted now, huh? Into nonsense. Well, I think little by little, he's grown older and the old days were better. It's not in the afternoon anymore. <laughs> fireworks, huh? Once the fireworks outside, you the basket on each side. When they went up in the air, I checked out. I literally got out of my personal seat, walked out to the parking lot, got my car, and drove home. I said, I will never do this again. <laughs> That's funny. Fireworks. Indoor fireworks. Don says, pretty simple, DJ. Fans are turned off by the likes of LeBron and pals. How do I identify with someone making $250,000 a game, and I'm at fifty grand a year? You guys in the media go to jazz games as I work and save for a month to take my family out to one game. The game today is destroyed by the money, and most of these players today are non-relatable as opposed to old-school throwback days. Yeah, so you've gotten older, and it was better back then. Okay, well, 20 years ago, John Stockton was making $11 million a year. I was who gonna say, who Mal- relates to Malone that? Malone was making close to twenty towards. You the want end. to go back forty well, okay, years ago? But I don't. I think that the emphasis was more on the cost to go to the game rather than the salary. No doubt, the cost to go to the game has gone way up. I think that's where that person was going, as opposed to their individual salaries, because that's all relative. Uh, when they were making a hundred thousand, you were making fourteen. Yep. So now you're making fifty, and sure they your percentage hasn't gone up as much and their percentage has gone through the roof. Uh, and that's just the way of the world, man. There's always been rich people. There's always been poor people and middle-class people and where you fit on the spectrum. 
uh, that's what it is and try to be better. Try to make, make as much money as you can. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, i more making way more than my parents ever made. Are you kidding me? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> me too. And I'm, I'm making way more than I made my first job at the Casa Grande Dispatch. That's $210 a week. And then after six months, I got a raise to $215 a week. Wait, let me do the math on that. <laughs> You were at what? You were at 210? 210. And then you went to? 215. So after that. six months. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And that was, they required you to work 44 hours a week. Wait a minute. They did. Yeah. <laughs> the first four hours of OT, you didn't get an OT. You didn't, no, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. They didn't give, they didn't give you OT. There was right. That's not happening. At the 45th hour. You went home? <laughs> you accumulated comp time. Ah, uh, okay. And so I literally worked there almost to the day one year. Did you ever use that comp time? Yes. Nice. Yes. So I got a, uh, like at 48 weeks, I got a job up in uh, Chandler, part of the Mesa Tribune. And so I had all this comp time. So that four weeks, man, I just put my feet up. I had to go in in the morning from 7 to 11 because it was an afternoon paper, so we had to get the paper out. So I literally I did that. But 11.01, I'm out. Just put my thumb to my nose and wiggled my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of that in a long time. <laughs> You're not Italian. <laughs> and so I used that in four weeks. I had, I had accumulated massive amounts. I mean, it was a small staff, obviously. And I had accumulated massive amounts of comp time. So I used it then. So, yeah. But now, I mean, that, but that's part of the deal. You know, I'm grateful for that experience. To, and I think everyone should go through it. I think you should go through that because then when you get there, it, it means that much more. I'm not a big deal, I'm a big guy on free stuff uh, in, in order to, uh, I, I, because that's my background. I paid for my own college education, every single cent. Not one dime came from anybody else, from me. And so that's my background. So, of course, I'm going to say that. Aaron says, drama queens think they're more important than the game. Is that different? Different than what? Than it used to be. Different than 10 or 20 years ago? There's always 30, been drama. 40 years ago? Yeah, there's always been drama. And that's not limited to the NBA. The NFL has plenty of drama, and it is the most popular sports league in North America by a wide margin. What's drama, though? I mean, what's the definition of drama? Oh, players holding out, players demanding trades, players in, getting in spats with each other. I, I suppose you can go in lots of different directions there. Players and coaches, you don't leave out players and coaches. Players want coaches fired. So not much different? No, I think that stuff's been going on forever. Okay. Before our times, Koufax and Drysdale held out for more money. That was drama. Good for them. If you can get it, get it. Robert says, rigging all-star teams, lots of prima donnas, <laughs> like LeBron, let others coattail off him. <laughs> rigging all-star teams? Perennial chokers. <laughs> what are you rigging all-star teams? Who cares about that? Not, not even a little bit. Perennial chokers. I mean, there's always that. That's the thing about sports: is a winner and loser every time you turn every time you turn on television. 
the, the Bucks or the Suns. Someone will lose. Someone will lose a win. So that that never changes. Man, Robert gives us a long list. Number one, I completely disagree with. What? Uh, we will get to that next. DJ and number two, I can't read on the air. Robert, you know I can't read that on the air. Man, we'll get to that next. DJ and PK at 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.